Our scripture this morning comes from Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. We are so blessed in this church to have the music program that we have and the talent of the choir and the orchestra joining us for our worship. So what a blessing indeed to be able to come and sing praise to God. So thank you all for your ministries. Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 25, where Jesus says, Truly I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you'll drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more than food? And the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you by worrying add a single hour to the span of your life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. Therefore do not worry, saying, What will we eat? Or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for these things. Indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your holy word and for the privilege of studying it together. And now as I stand before these, your people, I pray that this would be your message and not my own through the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As you know, I grew up in a little country church out above Statesville, out in the middle of nowhere, really, and it was a beautiful area to grow up, but I grew up on southern gospel music. That was the music of the day where I grew up. And, and so oftentimes that's when the groups would come in to sing and play. That's what they'd be doing. And, and there was this one gospel song that my father just dearly loved. As a matter of fact, when I used to play the piano for a group and would be piddling around, he would say, well, play that lily song, that Consider the Lilies song. It goes like this. It says, Consider the lilies. They don't toil nor spin. And there's not a king with more splendor than them. Consider the sparrows. They don't plant nor sow. But they're fed by the master who watches them grow. We have a heavenly Father above. With eyes full of mercy and a heart full of love. He really cares when your head is bowed low. So consider the lilies and then you will know. 
It's a powerful song taken from this scripture that, that talks to us about worry. Jesus is talking to us about worrying here and anxiety here and how many of us are so stressed and we carry the stress of the world all around us. And, and I'm going to go ahead and confess a couple of things to you this morning. One is my mother is a master at worrying. I mean, I, when I was growing up, she worried about everything. There were five of us kids. We gave her enough to worry about, and she did it well. The second thing I want to confess to you is it's genetic. <laughs> she passed it down, and, and I'm going to tell you, I, as I read the Scripture, I'm sitting here going, you know, I'm supposed to know better. So this is one of those sermons where I'm going to tell you now, I will not practice what I preach. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get there, but I have not got this figured out yet. I, I'm still one of those who worry. So this is one of those sermons where I'll ask that you do as I say, not as I do. Because I, I, I'm one of those who, who wrestles with everything. Nancy will tell you, I tend to go to the worst place in my head. She is away from me a couple days a week because she goes and takes care of her mother each week. And, and, and so we have the system where we call each other and make sure that we're okay and that she's okay. And, and if I call her and she doesn't answer, that's okay. Provided she calls back in a timely manner. If she doesn't call back in a timely manner, I have a tendency to call back just to kind of make sure, are you okay? If she doesn't answer then, and you start going, I hope she hadn't had an accident. You know, all those crazy things that start hitting your head, you know, I, I wonder if she's okay. I guess everything's all right. She's not answering the phone. I guess she's okay. And then when she calls back, it's like, are you okay? You're like, yeah. What? When our daughter went off to college, she was four hours away at East Carolina. You start thinking about the fact that if something happens, I'm four hours away. If something happens and she needs me now, it will take me three hours to get there. <laughs> and so you call and you're worried when our son went to Afghanistan with the army. It's like, oh, now we're done. I mean, that was totally beyond me. There's no control there. And you worry about everything. And I'm a counselor. I, I do this stuff. I tell people the monster in your head is bigger than the monster in front of you. And, and I know all this stuff. I just struggle with it myself. Most of us are stressed to the hilt. We have anxiety to the hilt. We worry ourselves to death. Jesus is talking about it here. It's the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is that beautiful scripture from Matthew chapter 5 through Matthew chapter 7. Jesus is at the Sea of Galilee. And, and there the Sea of Galilee is just one of the most beautiful places in all of Israel. It's in the northern part of Israel. You have the Jordan River coming through it. And, and so that's the area where you get to see green. That's the area where you get to see the grass and the plants and the trees. And, and it's just a beautiful oasis of the kingdom of God. I mean, it's, it's a gorgeous area. And Jesus is there around the sea and crowds of people are around him. So he goes up onto the hillside. He goes up on the side of the mountain, thus the Sermon on the Mount. And, and so that way he can see the crowds and teach. Matthew tells us in chapter 5, he sat down as well. 
That's important that you know that. He sat down to teach. Why is that important? Well, in, in biblical times, a rabbi might would be willing to walk with you and talk, and, and you could find a teacher, and they would walk and share different things and, and, and talk theology and the faith with you. But when they sat down, well, that meant this is official. This is important. This is real. You need to hold on to this. In the Catholic Church today, we have cathedrals. Cathedrals are, are where the bishop's seat is. And when one sits in that seat and then teaches, it's a way that says, well, this is a formal teaching. This is not just an ordinary teaching. This is a formal teaching. When, when the Pope, for example, is sitting at the seat, it's called ex cathedra. He's, he's teaching from the seat. It means this is formal. This is this is something you need to pay attention to. Jesus sits down. He's not, this is not a casual conversation Jesus is having. Jesus sits down to go, this is important. That's where he gives us the Beatitudes. Blessed are they. It's where he teaches that you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. You're to love your enemies, to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And right in the middle of it, he says, and don't worry. Worry. Don't worry about your lives, what you're going to eat or drink or wear. And then Jesus asked an important question. Is life not more than that? Is, is real life not beyond just what you're going to eat or drink or wear? Surely it's, it's deeper than that. And then Jesus looks up. And he sees the birds, and he watches them. And then Jesus says, look at, look at the birds. Look, just look at the birds. They don't sow. They don't reap. They don't build barns. And yet your heavenly Father takes care of them. Now, it's important that you catch what Jesus just said there, because it's going to tie in through the Scripture. But he didn't say... The Heavenly Father takes care of them. He says, your Heavenly Father. Because you're the people of God, right? You're the people of the faith, right? You're the people that have a relationship with this God, right? So your Heavenly Father, He takes care of the birds. Now, Jesus said, look at this. If, if your Heavenly Father takes care of the birds, well, aren't you of more value than that? Imagine how much more he loves you and will provide for you. And then Jesus said, and, and don't worry about, you know, don't, just don't worry, because how, how many of you have ever added an hour on to your life by worrying? By worrying, what difference did you really make? What positive impact came out of the fact that you were worried to death? I've been going, as you know, to a preventive cardiologist for about the last 16, 17 years or so now. Daniel Wise is, a, uh, is my preventive guy, and, and, and he's actually become a friend over the years. And, and, and one day he was sharing with me, he goes, you know, and I'm going to just share with you, because my father's had all these heart issues, and it's kind of working its way through our family. And, and so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make sure I don't walk in that footstep too much. And, and he goes, I... I can help treat you with your cholesterol. I mean, we got your cholesterol. You're, you're spot on there. And I can work with you on some of the genetic stuff. I mean, I can, we can work. But your stress stuff, you got to get a hold of that. 
I have a hard time treating that. That, that one's a little bit on you. You're going to have to deal with that somehow. I mean, actually, when Jesus said, how many of you have added an hour on your life? According to my doctor, we're ticking them off when we do that. We're actually cutting into our lives. So Jesus looks around and he sees the flowers in the field and he goes, like, look at the flowers. Consider, consider the lilies. They don't toil nor spin. And I'm going to tell you, Solomon in all his glory was not clothed anywhere like them. So doesn't God care for you more? Now to bring up Solomon, Solomon, if there was ever the epitome of the spoiled rich kid, it was Solomon. I mean, Solomon was the king's son who becomes the king and he's got the latest chariots, I mean, the latest model, Bluetooth, everything already on them. He's got the horses, he's got it all, he's got the wives, he's got the concubines, he's got the palaces, he's got the vacation homes. I mean, he's got it all. And and Jesus said, but yet doesn't even begin to compare for how God takes care of these. And then Jesus asked, he asked the crowds, he asked us, if God cares that much about the flowers, grass that's here today withers up, burned in the oven tomorrow, How much more does God care about you? You see, Jesus is inviting us to experience joy in our lives and peace in our lives. I mean, Jesus actually said in John 15, verse 11, he said, I've said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. But what Jesus is trying to share with us here is is that worry and anxiety robs us of our joy. Edward Schweitzer, the great... New Testament scholar said that, that worry drives out joy. It's hard to have joy in your life and celebrate what God is doing in our lives today when we are so preoccupied, anxious, and tied up about something that may or may not be in our future tomorrow. Thanksgiving is coming and we're, we're getting ready to try to give thanks to God, but it is hard It is hard to be a thankful people today when we're worried to death about tomorrow. So Jesus says, don't don't worry. I've come that you may have life, he said, and and life abundantly in John 10.10. N.T. Wright, a great biblical scholar, says that Jesus was teaching us to enjoy and celebrate what God is doing today. And God's presence in our lives today. And to see what God is doing today. So Jesus said, isn't life really about more than just what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear? Isn't it deeper than that? Now when you read this scripture, you have to be careful because this scripture is not saying, so what I hear you saying, preacher, is that God does not expect us to really work or to strive, but to sit back and let God do it. You know, the the old let go and let God. No, that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is not saying, so find your spiritual recliner. Get that spiritual remote in your hand. And sit back and wait. Because God is going to bring you room service. No, that's not what the scripture is about at all. He's not saying that we're not to be prudent. Jesus is not saying, so cancel your next meeting with your financial planner. That's not what he's saying. It's not what it says at all. He's talking about worrying. 
The challenge is your anxiety. It's not about prudence. It's about fear. It's about trust. It's about faith. Sometimes we, we bring the anxiety on ourselves too. Sometimes in our attempts to try to, to, to show how well we can eat and how well we can drink and how well we can live and what all we can wear, we, we, we allow other things to become our masters. I remember we were, we were going to build our house. It was about, what, 15 years or so ago that, that, that we were serving a church and, and we were living in the parsonage and, and the architect decided that the parsonage should become part of the church campus and become the administrative offices, and so we got evicted. <laughs> and, and so that you know, we, we had to you know build our own home, and, and that was kind of exciting to us because I'd rather have 800 square feet that's ours than 3,000 square feet that belongs to somebody else. I mean, it was like this is pretty cool. We're going to get to have our own home, and so then we called up a friend of ours who does some underwriting and mortgages and stuff like that, and, and said, well, "How much can we afford?" What? We're going to build a house. What, what kind of house can we afford? And, and, and so we ask, he goes, well, what's your goal? And Nancy and I kind of share with him, our goal is that we want to own a house, but we do not want the house to own us. And, and so we've got to find what is the number where we own the house but the house doesn't own us. Because I've seen over my ministry so many people that are so stressed to try to get to a certain lifestyle and then they're so stressed about tomorrow because they've got to hang on to that lifestyle and not lose that lifestyle, not lose what they have. I, I wanna, we want to make sure we own a house the house doesn't own us. How do we get there? And so he began to coach us because so many times we set ourselves up for anxiety. Matter of fact, now that our kids are grown, Nancy and I are beginning to talk about simplicity. The kids don't really like it that much. We're going, you know, we can just kind of get us a little cabin somewhere. And the kids go, what about us? It's like, you've got a house. We'll come stay with you. <laughs> it's not about idleness. It's not about sitting back. To say to not worry is not to be prudent. As a matter of fact, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, Paul says in verse 6, now we command you, beloved, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to keep away from believers who are living in idleness. It's not a scripture telling us just to be idle. Sit back, don't worry, hakuna matata. Don't worry, be happy. That's not what it's saying. It's saying trust in God, have faith in God. Don't be so anxious about things you can't control. Matter of fact, Paul goes on in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, and says, Anyone unwilling to work should not eat. My parents read that scripture. <laughs> As I said, I grew up out in the country, and when we were in the country, we had a garden. Now, I'm not talking about one of these little gardens that you get the railroad ties and you kind of lay out the garden, get you a few little tomato plants and a few little green beans and a couple stalks of corn. I'm talking about a field. I'm talking about a field, a country garden. I'm talking about one that, that it's not a tiller, it's a tractor that you've got to take through it. I'm talking about one where you get up and, and, and you've got to pick up, dig up and pick up potatoes and all that kind of stuff. And, and I'm talking about one where you had to bend over and pick up rows of green beans. Pull ears of corn and ears of corn and shuck it and silk it and do all that kind of stuff. And, and so on Saturdays, 
And that's just wrong, I'm going to tell you. Saturday. <laughs> Light would come on in our bedroom and covers would be pulled back and my dad had this annoying little whistle and mom had breakfast ready and we were to get up and we're going to the garden today and then we would go, we don't want to go to the garden. And daddy would look at us with the look and say, you want to eat? I mean, we had options. You don't have to go to the garden. You can starve to death. Your choice. They read the scripture. Proverbs 6, 6 goes on to say, Go to the ant, you lazy bones. Consider its ways and be wise. Jesus isn't saying here, just sit back, relax. Let God handle it. You're God's kids after all. No. He's saying, at what point will you trust that the God who was with you yesterday and blessed you yesterday, the God who's with you today and blesses you today will be the God who will be with you tomorrow and will bless you tomorrow. Jesus named it. In verse 30, he said, if God clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you? And then there's a pause. And then Jesus says, you of little faith. That's the deal. It's a trust issue. It's a faith issue. Those of us who are so anxious and worry, it's really a question of how much do we really trust this God who so loves the world? Then Jesus said, you know, the Gentiles worry about these things. When you first worry, read that, you're going, wow. I mean, Jesus kind of kind of nails the Gentiles a little bit here. I mean, wonder why he threw them under the bus right there and threw them under, backed it up over them. I mean, why did he do that? It wasn't about that. What Jesus said earlier, this is why it's important to read the scripture slowly. He had said earlier, look at the birds and your heavenly father, the one you're in relationship, well, your heavenly father takes care of you. And here he says, you know, the Gentiles worry about those kind of things, but they don't know me. You know me. You're my people. You're the people of the covenant. I promise to be with you. We have history together. We have a story together. I mean, they may, the others may worry because, well, they don't know me yet, and part of your job is to introduce us, but, but you know me. If, of all the people that shouldn't worry, it should be my people. We have a history together, a story. I'm your God. So Jesus says, so... Life is more than that. Here's what you should do. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these other things that you're so worried about, they'll be added unto you. Your father knows that you need them. He'll bless you. First thing is the relationship. It's Thanksgiving. Time to pause and to give thanks to God. It's Thursday. For us, it's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. We go into recovery next Sunday. <laughs> I mean, on Thursday, we'll be with my family, my extended family. On Friday, we're going to be with, with our kids and our immediate family because some of our kids have other conflicts so they won't be able to, to be at each of the other events. And then on Saturday, we're with Nancy's family. Last year, we did three turkeys. This year, we went, I just can't do three turkeys again. I mean, there's only so much you can do with a turkey. 
You get tired of the turkey? So we're doing turkey on Thursday, low country boil on Friday, then back to turkey on Saturday. But, you know, the main thing is it's not really the food. It's giving thanks to God for the fact that we can get tired of turkey. The fact that we can get tired of turkey is a first world problem. So we give thanks to God that we're so blessed we can get tired of it. And so it's to pause and give thanks to God. It's hard to be thankful when you're so worried about tomorrow. Jesus wants us to really experience thanksgiving with faith that the God who blessed us yesterday will bless us today and will bless us tomorrow and will be with us each way. That that if this God so loves us that he would give his son for us, you think he's going to abandon you tomorrow? Do you really think that God would die for you just to abandon you? In other words, Jesus says, consider the lilies. They don't toil nor spin. And there is not a king with more splendor than them. Consider the sparrows. They don't plant nor sow, yet they are fed by the master who watches them grow. And we have a heavenly Father above with eyes full of mercy and a, a heart full of love. And He really cares when your head is bowed low. So consider the lilies. Then you will know. May I introduce you to this friend of mine who hangs out the stars and tells the sun when to shine, who kisses the flowers each morning with dew, but he is not too busy to care about you. For we have a heavenly Father above with eyes full of mercy and a heart full of love. He really cares when your head is bowed low. So consider the lilies. Then you'll know. Will you pray with me? God, we are so grateful for your love and your grace. And you bless us in so many ways. And yet many of us, if we're honest with you, are anxious. We're stressed. We worry. You named it. You said that's about faith. It's about trust. At what point do we realize that you were with us yesterday, you're with us today, you will be with us tomorrow, that you didn't go through the agony of a cross to die for us just to abandon us tomorrow when we need you. So in our heads and in our hearts, we look at the battles of tomorrow even though we really don't know what tomorrow holds. What we do know is you'll be with us tomorrow as well. So God, we pray that we could experience joy and peace that we can celebrate Thanksgiving. It's hard to be thankful when we're so anxious about tomorrow. So God, we pray that you would help us to have faith, to trust in you, to celebrate that you are indeed our God, 
Now, we're called to do our part as well, but to know that when we do our part, we're not alone. You promised, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. We are your people. We do get it. Help us to trust and to praise in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.